Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Founder Grounded, the podcast that seeks the wisdom and experiences, real world, good and bad, of entrepreneurs. And we share that wisdom advice with you on this series. Series two now, as you know, we are into our second season and this is edition two. Welcome. You're more than welcome. Thank you for joining us. My name is Andrew Parsonage. I will be your host for the next half hour or so. And joining me in our virtual studio, because sadly we are still distancing for various reasons. Uh, We were trying to get back around the kitchen table, but that might have to wait just a wee while longer. First of all, let me introduce the crew to you. I have business startup guru and the man synonymous with the experiences of founders, Mr. Ollie Collard. Good morning, Andrew. Pleasure to be here for episode number two. My introductions to you get more long-winded with every podcast, so we're going to keep that one going. Also delighted (laughs) delighted to welcome Freya Scott. Freya's uh, joined us for the second season. Freya, hello to you too. Hi, Andrew. How are things with you? Okay. Yeah, all good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, yeah, we're fine, thank you. So myself, Ollie and Freya, as I said in the last programme, we span all the demographics, as we'll find out in this particular programme, where we touch upon the university experience. Uh, but certainly we'll be your hosts as we take you through the story of our entrepreneurs week in, week out. And this week we have a different sector to one we've typically covered and also an interesting story which touches upon lots of different themes. So without giving too much away, Ollie, uh, over to you and tell us about who you've been speaking to. So I spoke to Elliot, the founder of The Bunch, who are making paying your student bills easier in shared accommodation. It's a scenario that I'm sure several of you will be familiar with if you pass through university or further education of one sort or another, or simply sharing digs with mates. Freya, today on this particular episode, I know this is a scenario that you can particularly identify with because you're currently in, in digs, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Bills are a nightmare. So um, yeah, this is one that I can definitely relate to. Freya will be the voice, the experience of the students on today's show. So definitely will be interested to hear what Freya has to make of our business for this week. And the theme, by the way, we always have a theme for the show. And this week, it's founders being their own customer. Okay, so we try and give you something quirky and something thought-provoking this week. Founders being their own customer. And let's talk to our founder now. Ollie caught up with Elliot, who's a founder of The Bunch. And this is what Elliot had to say about the origins of the business and how The Bunch came into being. So The Bunch is a business which currently manages uh, household bills for people living in shared accommodation. We set up, install and manage all of your energy, water, broadband, TV license, and then bundle it all together into one consolidated bill, which each person in the house is liable for their own share. So The Bunch was set up by myself when I was a student. The idea really came from when I moved from first year when I was living in halls to private accommodation with eight friends and it was somehow me that was put in charge of sorting out all the bills and setting up all the broadband and the energy and it just turned out to be an absolute nightmare. All the contracts were just in my name. I was chasing housemates for money and people had gone out on on the piss or had spent all their money and delaying in paying me. We had housemates leave the property halfway through And really, the whole thing just turned out to be an absolute nightmare. And so based off a real problem that I'd faced, I sort of started looking around and going, is there any solutions out there to help me? A couple of solutions I did find when I actually got digging, I looked into and I thought there's actually a way better way of doing this and a fairer way of doing it. And then I spent the next six months building out a business plan to build a product. 
Were you the first to market? Uh, no. So there were three other companies that I considered direct competitors. But the reason I thought we could do a better job is basically based on a new business model from basically understanding that the way that they made their money was by looking at upselling all of the different services. So if I ask you now what you pay for kilowatts or on your energy or your monthly broadband costs, you might not know the answer. And especially a student who's just moved out of the home for the first time definitely doesn't understand the pricing or what is a good price and what's a bad price. And I think mm -hmm. that naivety had been taken advantage of with extremely high unit prices based on people not knowing what they were signing up to. And so rather than increasing all the price of the kilowatts to as high as possible and people ending up with massive bills or massively overpaying, we decided to take a different model, which we thought was a lot more transparent. And that is trying to get the cheapest deals we can, pass them on at cost and then charge a fixed management fee for the service. One of the biggest things is that we're not incentivized by people overusing with us because we don't make any money off those kilowatts or the broadband it, we're not incentivized by that and i think that re resonated quite well with the student market and that kind of answers part of question two which is a bit around how you are different and why does that matter is there anything else that separates you from the i think there's a couple of points we are our target market so a lot of the competition are a lot older than us the founders are 30s 40s I set it up as a student and I am my own customer. I'm now a young professional, I'm 24, and I'm now starting to look at young professional models. And as I was saying to you earlier, my little brother's going to lower sick for my sisters at student. And a lot of the people that work for me are all of a similar age. And I think that does give us a unique insight into what people want and also a real good avenue of feedback Another USP I think that we do have is we set the business up out of university. We've never worked for anyone else. And therefore, we don't have a uh, set way of working. We haven't been told this is the way that you do it. We've always experimented and tried it ourselves. And so I think we're bringing in some aspects of our definitely our marketing or the way that we communicate with customers and manage customers we are consistently innovating in that angle obviously that point also brings some downsides but i think on the whole it's actually a positive i set up an events company at university we scaled that to five cities selling 2000 tickets every six weeks and then sold that as well in my last year of university as well as setting up a bunch in the in the same time I actually, running two businesses and selling one of them during studying is uh, quite an achievement. I took a year out between second and third year where people do like a year abroad or mm. a year in industry. I took it off to run the bunch. And it was in that year that we really got the bunch off the ground. How did you actually go from that, that kind of concept in your head to getting 200 customers on board we were living university lifestyles whilst trying to run the business in that year. And we just tried everything. We started off just selling people broadband with Xboxes and Google. And then we started selling people TV licenses. It was all very bizarre, just going around with different products. All the people that must have known us in 
on Leeds campus. We must have been like, what are these guys up to? <laughs> um, we just spent our whole time walking around uni, speaking to students, speaking to letting agents, trying to get our way in, get some feedback. And we spent about six, seven months literally changing the product every two weeks. We always had piles and piles of boxes of flyers in the office that the university had given us of old product launches that we thought were the one. And then we'd order 10,000 flyers and then two weeks later, the product had changed or we, we hadn't spell checked it properly. But yeah, the whole thing was about testing it. And then finally, we got a lucky break where we found our package, which included gas, electric, water, broadband, TV license. And one kind letting agent gave us the go ahead and we worked very closely with them. And they basically helped us get us customers off the ground and promoted us and that was really our sort of breakthrough moment to turn it from a an idea of 20 year olds running around leads to actually getting some customers and some money coming in okay so the dilemma of household bills is bad enough for the best of times but if you're at university and you're in shared accommodation it becomes a little bit more interesting freya as we said you can relate to this at the present time you're in digs how much time and effort and hassle do bills take up in your, your student life? Yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, you've got to get the gas, council tax, TV licence. It's all in different places, different amounts. If you've always lived at home, how do you know what kilowatt hour is? You know, how do you know what's the best deal? So, yeah, it's, it's a real frustration and splitting bills and everything. It's not fun. <laughs> Yeah. So from your experience, there aren't many organisations out there, if any, any businesses who are making it simpler for you. It's a case of having to go to lots of different providers, maybe jumping on the odd comparison website. Is, is that what it's like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just... Well, it all sounds a bit painful, so I do sympathise. And, and Ollie, the bunch uh, whose job it is to make it simple for students, well, they're not the first to market in this respect. I mean, there are other companies who have been around for a while. But Ollie, I think where Elliot steps into the gap was where companies had taken advantage of maybe the naivety of their audience or their target market. Yeah, so there were existing providers offering a service, but as Elliot said, they were essentially exploiting the students uh, because they would go over their allocated allowance and therefore racking up high high bills essentially. So Elliot saw the the pain, the opportunity, and decided that he could do a better job and offer a better experience to students but also a better financial deal and also some more kind of ethical underpinnings of the business as well. I know we've had a lot of founders on the show whose whose origin or the origin of their business has been from a personal experience often a frustration and this had been the case with Elliot when he was at university. It probably makes it more straightforward to sort of try and find a solution and certainly to understand your target market. Yeah, I mean, given that he was at university at the time, he can go out to the student unions, the university campus, and literally survey, speak to all of his customer base who are actually all together in one place. So actually trying to do market research, it's literally the best place on earth to start a business if you're targeting students. He's had a lot of experience. It's quite funny to hear him talk about all the various business initiatives, enterprises they'd run at university and, and going very quickly from one thing to another thing to another thing, so that he was continually testing, trying. He just saw so many different opportunities. One of the things he said about having like 10,000 flyers printed off and then like a week later they were redundant. He'd obviously, yeah. He obviously didn't hold back, did he? 
No, he went he went at it full hog, and I think sometimes that that's just the best way. Sometimes people procrastinate and delay, whereas literally Elliot was out there doing it, getting feedback. And I think that's where you iterate and learn and grow both personally and for your business. The market ultimately will decide whether you've got a good proposition or not. So he was constantly out there selling, iterating, gaining feedback and developing his business. Freya, from your experience, are there a lot of students doing this now who are sort of like being more entrepreneurial? Because remember, this is where I'm going to sound like a bit of a granddad here, because I was at university my goodness me, just under 30 years ago. So definitely feeling old now. But I think back then it was a case of going to your lectures and dividing time between lectures, maybe occasional bits of study in the college bar. Nowadays, it feels like students are more entrepreneurial and looking for these sort of opportunities. So is that what you're seeing at your university? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I'm doing a marketing degree and I think UE is very encouraging to be entrepreneurial and you know we've got modules on it and I'm thinking back to bunk from season one that kind of grew from a group of friends at university as well and it's the same thing of seeing a problem and wanting to fix it I guess you know a time at university you you're realizing these frustrations and if you've got entrepreneurial friends around you it's kind of ideal place to start up a business. I suppose the other benefit you have when you're at this age and again I do remember feeling like this once is that you have no baggage that you know you you have no real world business experience so that can be both a plus and a minus but generally you're probably unhindered your ambition your vision is probably broader than it might be say 20 years later so do you think it's like now is a really good time to be having a go at being an entrepreneur because you, you say you don't have that life history that might hold you back yeah yeah I think so let's now move on and as you should know by now every edition we try and cover off the challenges that our featured startup is either facing or has faced in their journey so far and this is what Elliot had to say about how things worked out with the bunch from a business perspective I think it's running out of cash <laughs> And I laugh about it now because that's that's a consistent worry. But at the very start of this, we didn't raise any external investment for mm-hmm. three years. We ran the business off our own revenue and I took out a series of loans. So I've got best part of £50,000 of personal loans that I took out because I didn't have any access to capital. There's a lot of cases where we hadn't hit target and I wasn't able to pay my loans and I couldn't pay staff or anything like that. And I think the challenge that we overcame from that is really at that point, it became serious, literally no money, couldn't pay anyone. I had friends that I'd promised I'd pay wages to that they were working for free at the time. And my biggest challenge was overcoming that phase of becoming fully self-reliant, not relying on other people's money to then get ourselves to us place where we could actually pay for everything can you think back to a time when you seriously doubted yourself or your business uh yeah quite a lot of times (laughs) i've had ones this year had ones last year i don't know if it's my case or not as i said to you at the start i didn't have experience of another job so i'm literally winging this as i go and learning as fast as possible and i think where I've doubted myself is on two aspects. One is market fit. Is the product good enough to scale to what I want to achieve? The other issues that I would argue 
are a bit taboo to talk about, especially as a founder or as a leader of a business. And I also have a lot of investors now is the sort of mental health issues that can come with running these businesses and the stress that you deal with. That's definitely been a factor for me in the last year. And one of the mistakes I made is to try and do it all yourself and really take responsibility for absolutely everything in the entire business. Some people would argue that that's what you do as the leader. But there's also the flip side of you can't do everything if you want to build a multi-million pound business. And also you, in some respects, are building it so that if you die, (laughs) it still works. That was a real eye-opener for me when I was trying to do everything and involved in everything and I couldn't do it. And that was at the point where I was really down about it. But then on the flip side, out of that has come great things of giving responsibility to more people, taking myself away from certain things and building a sort of responsibility internally with people taking full accountability for their role. Every moment that has come up like that or the challenge that has arrived, so far, good things have come out of it. So Mm. as much as it's a horrible thing to go through and it really does keep you up at night, Actually, if you can get the mental capacity and the rationale to get past it, a lot of good comes out of those moments. What other coping mechanisms do you put in place when you're dealing with those difficult moments? So one of the things that I've found extremely useful recently is, from a personal perspective, has been cognitive behavioural therapy, so CBT. And I've been using those techniques a lot to try and help with my problem solving when an issue arises everyone's got that chatterbox in their head that sends them off to it's the worst thing that ever happened in the world but actually using those techniques to then address the problem find out really what's the core issue here how can we resolve that what are the consequences what's the positives and then use that to build a strategy to combat it it's something that i've made my board aware of I think a lot of people I've spoken to a similar age or even older uh, in a support networks of founders have highlighted it, but it's something people are scared to talk about because it thinks, oh, the investor's going to lose faith in me. Is the team going to lose faith in me? And I, th- I think it's a massive thing that happens that people don't realise. You're listening to Founded and Grounded. Reality, reassurance and inspiration every fortnight for the startup community. Right, so let's just start off with maybe some more practical point of view, uh, cash, cash flow, money, uh, and a bit of a hard lesson for Elliot in terms of racking up the loans. It's a, it's a classic student experience. I think we've all been there. But then realising that that wasn't sustainable and it gave him a very important, well, not just a business lesson, a very important life lesson in terms of financial self-sustainability, Ollie. Yeah, so I think in the early days, if you do need money to get the business off the ground, then obviously looking at personal loans to do so is one option. I would say definitely don't over leverage that though, and obviously borrow the minimum amount that you need to get the business off the ground. I think perhaps he borrowed a bit bit too much in the early phases, which resulted in some challenges later down the line. There's another pretty chunky issue that Elliot covered in terms of the challenges for the bunch, but maybe just life in general, which was around mental health. And again, it's very commonly discussed nowadays. You know, and that's a good thing. You know, in fact, everyone's been more open about mental health and it not being a sign of, of weakness. But 
there are probably a few things relating to this in terms of maybe, I don't know if Elliot was trying to do a lot himself and that the pressure of, of doing that was building up, you know, worrying about is the product good enough? So you have those moments of self-doubt. And mental health is it's such a huge thing for, for startups, for entrepreneurs, because in large organizations, maybe in the, in the, sort of the corporate world, you have a safety net where these kind of things are dealt with by in-house well-being teams. But startups have nothing like that. They're having to go on their own networks, maybe their immediate families, partners, friends for support. It is a massive challenge all the same. You can't just flick a switch on it and that sort of support's there. Yeah, it's a massive issue. I mean, ultimately, you as a founder are responsible for bringing in all of the income and revenue, unless you've got a large team and a sales department. So the future of your business hinges on your ability to sell your product or service. So, you know, that that can have massive effects on your your mental well-being and state of mind. So I think it's all about building in a really strong support network around you to enable you to talk about the issues that you're currently facing. And Fred, just again, from your perspective, being currently at university, I know mental health has become a huge issue at universities in recent years. Just to be doing your studies alone and to try and work up to leaving with a good qualification and also trying to make a successful business. I mean, that's that's quite a lot of pressure, isn't it? Yeah, a huge amount. The time and effort that goes into university and trying to run a business on top must have been huge. Whilst you're in university, you've got that support from the university and you've got your friends around you. But I guess once once you kind of left the university and you're just doing the startup on your own, it must be tricky. And I think having the people around you is is so important. Sharing the responsibility of it is is vital as well. So it's not all on your own shoulders. Yeah, the delegation, the D word came up there. And it's a classic, you know, it's as, almost as old as the hills, that particular piece of advice. But it's so true because I suppose it's trusting others to be able to take some of those responsibilities away and do them to the the standard that you'd like to see and the expectations you'd have for your own business. Again, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Most definitely, Andrew. I think, as you said before, your business is your baby. So actually trusting other people to do a job to the highest standards that you would do it to yourself is a lot to impart on someone but I think if you don't let go then essentially you're just going to become a bottleneck in your own business ultimately you can't do everything if you want to grow your business so you do have to relinquish control to other people and trust them to be able to do a really good job otherwise you're not going to be able to grow your business. Yeah. And just just a final point, again, around on the mental health issue. Elliot touched upon this also. He was saying that continually questioning himself, you know, is the product good enough? And that might sound like a, a difficult thing, but actually it sounds like a very healthy question to be asking that any business owner should be asking on a regular basis is, is my product good enough? Always challenging yourself to say, is this working? Is this the right thing? So actually that can be a good thing, can't it? Yeah, it's a great question to ask yourself, even if you built up a good customer base. You know, there's always going to be new startups and competition coming into the sector, particularly if you're doing well. So I think, yeah, constantly asking yourself that question will enable you to constantly develop and pivot and repurpose your product to ensure it's providing the best value possible to your customers. Let's move on to the third and final part of the discussion now with Elliot at the bunch. Here's what Elliot has to say about how he sees the future and also the one piece of advice that it would give to other budding entrepreneurs. I would like it to be a household name. I would like it to help people manage quite tedious and long-winded and 
outdated industries in a in a clear and concise way where we put the power back into the consumer's hand. I can sit here and blab on about how we're going to be a unicorn or whatever, but I think actually I think the biggest thing that I'd like to get is a sense of pride from what we've achieved in terms of how much we've helped consumers. It's really important to ensure that our shareholders receive a reward for backing us. And hopefully myself included and all the team come out of it with some serious gains of knowledge and have some fun and come out basically better entrepreneurs or better business people for it. I also will jump on the fact that I would like to personally be a multi multi millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Get that in there as well. Yeah, I will. But yeah. Uh, can you describe a future project or direction or strategy that you're currently thinking about and kind of lay out the options that we can ask our listeners to vote on? I've got a few funny ones which might be more engaging for you in terms of marketing strategies. One of the strategies that we're looking to implement for the student market is how we can build engagement on the ground. A lot of the work that people do these days is still very much digitally. Obviously, it's an easy way to attract, find people, attract them. And I also think there's an element of sort of fatigue from people seeing so many ads all day. So what we're looking at doing is trying to engage people on the street. So some of the marketing techniques we've got is going back to maybe my promoter days of flyering and outdoor workshops with giving gifts away. But we're looking to hire some like influencers to come with us. We're looking at one-hit wonders with people like Base Hunter or Willstone Raider to come flyering with us to sort of build a sense of interaction with C-list celebrities who they can get pictures with, but also they can help sell the brand. Awesome. I love it. So it's kind of a guerrilla marketing campaign combining you know, in person, on the street, with obviously using some influencers to build up the the digital aspect as well. Well, I don't know how old your audience is, but there's a lot of quite funny people who you would have heard of that are, if you saw on the street, you you just had to get a picture with them. (laughs) And I think if we could get Base Hunter doing a set out in Bristol High Street whilst handing out flyers, it would create quite a noise. Excellent. So maybe we could have a, a vote on which uh, C-list celebrities or one-hit wonders uh, exactly. you should engage. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. What one piece of advice would you pass on to somebody thinking of starting their own business? I would say do it. <laughs> as much as it's extremely scary, I think it depends on your circumstances. If you've got a mortgage and you've got kids, it's a different. It's a bit more risky. If you don't have as much of a risk in terms of those aspects. I would say it's probably one of the most fulfilling and uh, best learning experiences that you can do. I think it makes you a better person from a both business perspective, but also personal. You get to learn a lot about yourself that you didn't know before, how far you can take things and how far you can push yourself. The other thing as well is that there's no job in the world there's no grad scheme there's no entry-level job where you will be able to learn the experiences of of starting and building a business so i think those life lessons will add value to all other aspects of your life and also quite frankly it doesn't even matter if you fail i think it's the experience that and what you learn from that is what's most invaluable 
uh, rather than actually the massive check from a big exit that you get at the end of it. Everyone who didn't get that big exit still has learned valuable life lessons. Okay, well, I've got to say, Ollie, it was very refreshing to hear an entrepreneur do all say all the right things, but then also when it comes to future ambitions, basically say, I want to be a multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, look, I, I, I found that very refreshing honesty. It's great honesty. I think, you know, that that's his vision. If he doesn't articulate that, then, you know, it might not happen. So I think being clear on what he wants is is really important. As we said, I think Elliot said all the right things in terms of what he wants his business to be in the years to come and how he wants it to grow. But I thought what was quite nice also was that he was saying that, you know, he wants it to be fun. He wants to enjoy it. He wants to see it as a sort of, you know, the experience, the knowledge gain from doing something like that and it being life enhancing. It's not just about the profit and loss sheet. Life as a startup founder is so varied. You're having to wear multiple hats. So whether you're doing the marketing, the accounting or the sales, you're constantly learning, developing and pushing yourself towards your limit. So ultimately, if you either succeed or fail, the experience gained of being a startup founder is going to be invaluable. Even as a startup, as someone who's just out of university, it's almost like a little uh, touch of the corporate of what you're saying about pride from helping consumers and rewarding shareholders. That's a very mature perspective for a very young business. So yeah, it looks like he's on a on a sure footing there. Let's just talk to the advice that he had for others. We always ask about uh, the one piece of advice. And it was the, the just do it mentality which came across. And that, that's probably helped by the fact that he came from a family of business owners. Freya, just coming to you, it's it's like whatever you do, you know, if you, if you set up a business, even if you fail, that that life experience is something that you probably wouldn't get if you simply went straight into a company and joined their graduate scheme and just went straight into being sort of an in-house person. Yeah, I think so. I guess being in university and starting up a business, you're learning a huge amount as you go. And he touched on that he had never had a job before. So I guess it's really throwing himself in the deep end with it. I mean, it's invaluable and the transferable skills and growing as a person and a team, I guess, yeah, it's hugely valuable. Are universities encouraging people to sort of like maybe go on their own and, and give them that support? Yeah, certainly. At UWE, one of our modules was to start our own brand. We were given a brief, but we had to brand it, pitch it, come up with a business model. So yeah, certainly at UWE, they're very encouraging of being innovative with your ideas. It almost sounds like when you're at student age or sort of just out of university, that's almost like the best time in life to become an entrepreneur because chances are you probably don't have a mortgage. If you have kids, then, you know, well, that, that might be quite unusual, but generally you don't. So there's nothing holding you back. There's, there's no risks at stake here. So, you know, there's probably more to be gained from giving it a go at this age, Freya. I mean, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think so. There's, of course, always risks, but I guess it's you haven't got the the big burdens yeah right well that just about wraps up the conversation with Elliot at the bunch what we're doing with the second series is that as part of the program you know we always love hearing from our, our listeners from yourselves and to sort of help that process along we pose a question or a challenge that we seek your input and your wisdom on you know it's a bit of a two-way exchange here uh, this week is no different and I suppose inspired by the story of the bunch Freya, just tell us about the challenge that we're posing the listeners this week. Yeah, so Elliot talked about kind of having some celebrities to try and step away from digital marketing and, and do something different. So we're wondering if any of the listeners 
have inspiration for Elliot with some guerrilla marketing ideas, any that you've seen that you particularly enjoyed or any that you've worked on as well. So you can send links or anything to any of our social media accounts and we'll pass them on to him. Definitely. Okay. So your guerrilla marketing tactics or advice, things you've been involved with or things you've seen, please do get in touch. And on that basis, how do people get hold of us? We've got a range of socials and various interfaces now. So just remind us of the main platforms. Yeah. So over summer, we've set up our Instagram accounts. That's Founded Grounded. We're still running on Twitter. Again, it's Founded Grounded. And we're on Facebook as well. So yeah, you can find us on all of those and stay up to date. Definitely. So please do get hold of us via those means. And we'd love to hear from you both on this week's challenge and on the programme in general. Okay. Uh, Just finally, Ollie, founders being their own customer this week, a great example of exactly that, wasn't it? It's a great way to start a business because you're experiencing the problems that you're trying to solve. But I would say definitely go out there and speak to multiple people about the same issue because you're not going to have the exact same problem. And of course, you don't have to be of student age to do that, do you? No, it could be yeah any problem at any age. Okay, so that's where we conclude things for this week. Thank you once again to the bunch, uh, to Elliot for speaking with us. If you want to have a look at what they do and what they're all about, then go to their website, which is the-bunch.co.uk. And you can see all about their operation and also get to see Elliot for yourself and the rest of his team. But thank you to Elliot for his time. Thank you also to Ollie and to Freya for your time as well. Lovely speaking with you guys again. Thanks, Andrew. Good as always. Thank you very much. Thank you also to you, the listener, for joining us. We appreciate you have a range of podcasts to listen to, of which we are just one. So we appreciate you joining us and we hope you enjoy the programme. You have been listening to Founded and Grounded with myself, Andrew Parsonage, and featuring the wisdom of Mr. Ollie Collard and also Miss Freya Scott as well. Uh, we'll all be back with you in a few weeks' time with the next instalment of Founded and Grounded. Until then, do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. Cheerio. Cheerio.